0: everything old is new
1: again america's entertainment pop culture talk show it may well possess a rudimentary intelligence i'm trying to think but nothing happens the great disturbance in the force hello i'm mr ray come on mark like a dog for me where's the goodies leave the gun
2: take the cannoli
3: i bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if mom and dad were here you
2: filthy criminal excuse me while i whip this out go ahead Make
0: my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen.
2: Cobra Kai is back where it belongs. Back on top. But the real story's only just begun. Thought you were dead. Cobra Kai never dies. The fight is only over when you say it is.
0: I need to talk about what you've been putting in my kids' heads. Same lessons I taught you. Strike first. Strike,
3: strike hard. No mercy.
0: Aha, here we are. Everything old is new again. It's going to have no mercy on you this week, I'll tell you that. We're excited uh, here at the the show because we have a special guest this week. Unfortunately, David Cohen is out of commission, but we have... Someone that's going to take up uh, the slack and be our co-host for the week. And I'm telling you, this is exciting. First, before I do that, I also have Angelica Viviani here for a reason. We'll see why in a few minutes. Angelica, say hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, Nice and loud into the microphone, 11-year-old. Okay. Now, we have a special guest or two besides Angelica that are joining us this week and going to really have some fun talking about the hit new TV show and it's really not new cuz it's from 2017 we'll get into that cobra kai and I'll tell you uh back in 2019 show number 274 of everything Old was new again we predicted and loved this show and said how wonderful it was and tried to get uh, people to listen and I would say uh, no small part uh to our next guest uh this show is a huge success and made us look good uh Netflix bought the bought the the show after two seasons and now everyone can see all of the three seasons of Cobra Kai. Uh, I would happy happy to join. Have us join us with Martin Cove uh, Sensei Crease himself. Martin, thank you very much for joining us. Everything old is new again. Please have no mercy on us because it's time for everything old is new again to earn our black belt in radio fun. So welcome, to everything old is new again. No, thank you very much. Thank you. That's great uh, to have you. Now, listen, right off the bat, uh, let's cut to the chase. We just heard a clip there of Kreese and his teachings in Cobra Kai. Uh, The question is... Let's put it this way. Cobra Kai teaches karate to be more or less of an offensive sport, and Miyagi-Do, the nemesis, if you will, of Cobra Kai, to teach karate as a defense-first type of uh, art. Which do you think personally is correct, and uh, uh, or the correct, what would you say, view and uh, aspect of karate and teaching and learning karate?
2: Well, traditional karate is... is- is basically it's used as for defense
0: okay now this show uh, well, you know features karate of course from the karate kid and from and, and now 34 years later and you're performing karate and uh you know there is a lesson to be learned and set out i would say on stage as to maybe even a life lesson that we should or should not have mercy, that we should be, what would you say, offensive with our attitude towards others um, or, versus defensive and so forth. Do you find uh, any interest in the script in that regard in, in terms of uh, you know, the lessons behind the kind of scenes and, and uh, things that you're being uh, put into, the, the, the various scenes and, and, uh, and, and controversies you're being put into in this show? You mean
2: the, the credibility of, well, you know, offensive sport versus defensive art? I mean, you know, karate basically used to be for a defense, you know, to make sure you don't get into trouble, but you need to, you know, you need to have a great knowledge of that. So the, the contradiction, well, it's not truly really a contradiction, the, the, the competition between the two of us is basically one is more aggressive, you know, and. What's more aggressive for me is, is certainly, you know, Cobra Kai. And Cobra Kai, it, it's a thought. Uh, it's a concept that was created by by John Kreese back, you know, when he experienced his flashback in, you know, in uh, season three, you no know mercy. The problem is when you show mercy, you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if you're just like Miguel was hurt. He showed mercy. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. And Cobra Kai feels that when you finish someone, they shouldn't get up. Now, Miyagi-Do doesn't feel that way. They feel that when you get the point in the tournament or in life, when you win an argument, it's enough. And, you know, Cobra Kai...
0: it's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting because Cobra Kai and Kreese's attitude try, I would suggest, to make life more or less black and white. You know, I win, you lose kind of thing. And uh, we all, I would suggest, find and see in the writing of Cobra Kai that life is more or less gray. You know, we're not always right, we're not always wrong, and everyone has a motivation for what they're doing. It doesn't feel that they're the bad guy, let's say. Uh, does that make sense? And is that something that, that you find reflected in this show?
2: Well, you mean where well, it doesn't, where well, a Cobra Kai, no, you're not the bad guy. You know, I don't think of my character as a bad guy. I think of my character as someone misunderstood because of what he's trying to accomplish. You know, he feels that it's sort of society right now is soft. Society right now is, uh, is a butterfly society. You know, kids are getting trophies for participation. You know, he doesn't feel that uh, that, 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 that is productive. He doesn't feel that's the way children should be brought up. You know, you should make a great effort to accomplish something and win and therefore receive a trophy, therefore receive something to show your your prowess, you know. And that's that's basically the difference. I don't think, you know, I don't really think that um, what is good and what is bad. And I think he says that in one of the episodes. Uh, he addresses the class and he says there is no good, there is no bad, there's only... You know, strong is only weak and strong, and basically that's what society is. You know, I, I, I that's how that's how I think John cleese really feels, uh, and I don't think it's evil. It certainly isn't evil. It's just the other end of the spectrum when, when you feel that you know everything is okay for you and you could putter through life and be bullied and. You know, he just believes that you have to do something about that. You must react. Otherwise, you'll be taken advantage of throughout your life.
0: And I think that's a great topic and, and aspects of, of the show that's able to, it's not just looking at karate and so forth and, and these characters continuing uh, the same story they did 34 years ago. We've got children involved, uh, learning lessons. We've got uh, you know the struggle uh, between different attitudes of how to uh, deal with life, if you will, as you just explained. I think it's great. Now, in some way, this, you know, you're probably aware, has caught on with a whole new generation uh like angelica who's here and angelica you know in your school from what i understand uh this, this show is a craze it's a sixth grade right um and pe- first of all is that correct yes <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and uh you know why do you, why do you think it's so popular uh with everyone and, and even more than that do you have a question for sensei crease K- or uh, martin cove right here
3: Um, well, I think that it's, like, really popular because of the storyline. I think the storyline and the characters that are in it is very well, like, made, and I think that's what people like. They want to see, like, a good story and a good lesson, too, because usually, um, they have, like, lessons, um in the Cobra Kai TV show. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people in my school like it. And um, I do have a, one question. Um, what is your favorite part of working on the Karate Kid slash Cobra Kai franchise and why?
2: Do uh, you mean my favorite part of the series or <clears throat> in the movie? In, or, or all together, what, what exactly?
3: Um, all together. I-
2: I think think probably my favorite role, my favorite um, part is the fact that they show this character now as vulnerable at times. And they give you a reason why he is as tough as he is, why he believes in mercy for the weak, you know. And the fact that they went to his background and showed what happened to his girlfriend and what happened to him in Vietnam... That's what I like the best. The diversification of the character,
0: which means
2: when they get a chance to show his background and why he is the way he is. You know, I in think Karate I- Kid.
0: Yeah, I think they did a great job with that, going into that, uh, you know, explaining because, as you said before, and we'll explore, explore this a little bit more uh, when we get back here from, on the commercial break and everything old is new again, is that it's so interesting that we are who we are for a reason. It's just, it, in, in, And in a movie, you don't get a, a chance to really explain and explore why this, quote, villain is a villain and why he doesn't feel he's a villain and why he feels he, what he's doing is the right thing to do. I think it's so interesting and so great that this show is able now to be able to explore all of that and we'll explore all of this and more on everything old is new again when we, when we come back from this commercial break uh, with Martin Cove himself. We'll be back right at this and everything old is new again.
2: The leg. You have a problem with that? No mercy. Eh? No mercy. Mr. Miyagi, it's over. No, it's no. over. Forget about it. No. I'm
0: afraid. you us just get out of here. You're not. You're not. Must not. It's okay, lose to
3: opponent. Must not lose to fear. Yo, I'm afraid. Why I'm right? afraid of him. Alright? Alright.
2: Right? You stay focused. Tell you how your best karate is still inside. Now time it out! You know it's a shame what happened at the school. But I don't really blame Robbie. Because you know what they say. There's no such thing as a bad student. It must really hurt to see the Miyagi name dragged through the mud. Wish I could see the look on the little's face. That little d- kicked you more than once. You're lucky he taught me true, karate. That's why I'm not gonna fight you. Oh, but you will. It's inevitable.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, we go. It's inevitable here. we are having some fun talking Karate Kid, talking Cobra Kai with Sensei Crease himself, Martin Cove, on Everything Old is New Again. I'll tell you that, that, um, uh, clip those clips. Kind of uh, bring to light a little bit to me uh, the great discussion that this show has about life and about dealing with it, with fear, without fear. To me, the last time that your character uh, Martin had or was afraid would have been in Vietnam, and we showed, we saw that as we talked about a little bit in the last section, how uh, that that you know Chris uh, himself was able to kind of overcome that fear in Vietnam and and what he did to do so and certainly how that shaped his life. Uh, Did you expect that kind of um, retrospective when you took the role the second time around here for the TV show? Did you think these writers were going to explore this? Uh, I'm sure you're happy they did, but did you think when you took the the role on they were going to do that?
2: Well, initially when we first met, uh, I wanted to basically, uh, I would only take the role if we could go back into his background. If we can create, you know, and I said to him, and I said, I'm, I'm really interested in going back in history with this character and find out some vulnerability. Because, you know, the, as you said, the first, the movies were white hats and black hats. You know, the, the they just, you know, every, John Crease is just evil and a bad guy, and you never saw any other growth. You never saw any other colors. There was no other texture for this guy. And I wanted to do the series I really like these characters, I and mean, these writers were really smart, and they had great imagination, and they were big fans of the show. So that's why Billy Ralph and I signed on, because they really they were like Star Wars fans, you know. They they knew everything, everything. Like like you, you know everything about old TV, old radio. You know you're you're, you know a bu- a buff. Well, these cats were buffs on Karate Kid, so. They sold us with the amount of passion they had to recreate the story. But I wanted it to have layers and I wanted it to have texture and I wanted them to go back into the past. And they had already done that. They had already conceived the character to be that way, you know, to go back in Vietnam. And we're talking two years ago. They had already conceived this. And I said, "Wow." I said, OK. And I, I, I originally was told at the very beginning, you'll come in on season um, uh, one, episode 10, and you'll set up the rest of the season two. I said, well, why can't I come in on episode five of season <laughs> one? You know, and they said, no, 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 you're going to set up season, season two by your entrance. And I said, well, all right, okay. And, you know, I had to bite the bullet The show aired; I couldn't talk about it for six months. And then all of a sudden, you know, I show up and episode 10 and boom you know they were right their perception was so strong that it sold the show and everybody couldn't wait for season 2 because Kreese who they thought was dead for 30 years is now the
0: real story 's only just begun, you, <laughs> you know exactly, and, uh, and they really had it laid out right they 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 sort of you know thought this through as as you could see and and the writing is amazing on this show it but and I just want to pivot a little bit here because your examination of your character and your development of this character in some ways to me. And I know you're a big Western fan. In some ways, to me, it, it, it kind of reflects a little bit of the good, bad, and the ugly, uh, that movie, and Eli Wallach. And I don't know, Did you, I know you're a big Western fan. Did did, did your experience uh, and love for those kind of movies bring anything to the plate for you when you developed this uh, this character, Creasy, either in the beginning or now?
2: You hit a good note here. I, I live for the rejuvenation of the Western. You know, for me, if I get on the cover of, of Time magazine, the actor who... who Rejuvenating the Western, I can pass on and leave a, a legacy. I don't have to do anything for the rest of my career. Right. That's how strong I feel about that genre returning and the kids being starved for what you and I were very lucky to experience. Right. Uh, the Good, the Bad, the Ugly comes, you know, top five. The Wild Bunch, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Red River, The Searchers, Butch Cassidy. You know, these are just tombstone. These are just classic movies that... I don't think kids really, you know, got a chance. You know, your 11-year-old you're there to really appreciate. And you and I grew up with that, and the values of that are exactly what John Kreese's values are. He's tough. He's hard. He's cold. But he is a patriot. He is John Wayne in Red River. He is John Wayne in The Searchers. More of The Searchers, I think. Right. And. Um, you know, he's prejudiced. There's no question about it. But, you know, John Wayne was prejudiced in, in, in the searchers and, you know, still saved Natalie Wood at the end. You right. know, and he, he did what was right at the end. And and basically, you know, John Crease. It's the same way. Well, it also uh, right makes us now, human,
0: right? We, we know that we are not just one thing. We are many things, and many things motivate us. And I think that's what also what, what's great about it. In some ways, in a little bit, I don't know if you've seen The Mandalorian, but to me, The Mandalorian is a Western and out of space. And I'm wondering if that takes us a smidge of a step forward uh, to, to a Western uh, revival, if that's even possible.
2: Well, it's definitely a Western, I mean, for sure. And John Favreau, you know, loves westerns. When he did Cowboys and Aliens, I think, right. I think basically his hands were tied with a lot more alien work than he wanted to do. Um, he's a terrific filmmaker, and yeah, Mandalorian. I mean, <laughs> the first season of Mandalorian, I remember there was episodes they were duplicating the Magnificent Seven. You know, right. they were they were coming into a village and kicking some ass and yep. blah blah blah. And, you know, and I don't remember which episode, but I'm, I'm looking at this with my son, you know, and we're laughing and we're saying, wow, th- you know, there's Tuco, you know, there's, you know, there's Angel Eyes, you know, but it's all the Mandalorian. He, he sort of encompasses, you know, Clint part of Angel right. Eyes, you know, but God knows how many different times we've seen pieces come out where they're just, you know, copying some of these great Westerns because they are the um, heritage of american cinema you know yeah. and they just are Absolutely, I mean, those movies 1906 the great you know the 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 um, great western train robbery you know a, a 6 8 minute movie but what was interesting about those days was when they made these silent movies that the people were still alive who they would have you know things about dodge and tombstone and all that these silent movies made in 1908 1910 1912 the same people that were they were depicting were still alive, like Wyatt Earp, like some of the people in the cow towns. They were still living in these little towns. And all of a sudden, there were now movie theaters, and the people would go to see movie theaters, and boom, it was a silent version of their life from 20 years ago, you know?
0: Yeah, amazing. Uh, the history of it is amazing. the the uh, the, the panache of, of let's say the early entrepreneur and uh, the Wild West, where you're trying to create uh, uh, you know justice where there isn't any. Or and and uh, and even they've got the gunfights in the Mandalorian too. You know, so that's great. Just gonna pass off the, the mic for Angelica just for a second before we take a break here. Jel, I know you have another question.
3: Um, have you ever studied karate in real life, and do you recommend it to other people, and why?
0: oh of course we
2: began i guess our intro there was a movie called the lion of ireland which was the story of brian Boru, the first king of ireland um back in the year 1080 and he was uh the first king of ireland that unified the tribes against the vikings and the vikings would raid the coastline all the time and this goes back to about 1080 and we were going to make a movie about that based on a book called The Lion of Ireland by Morgan Llewellyn. And we were learning all forms of kendo. I mean, it was just... It was sort of like... It was a lot of of of, of the Conan style where everybody was using a katana. Everybody was sort of bastardizing the style into a period of time where in Conan, it was another era. But our era was basically 1080, almost 1100. And we were using... All plywood, plywood um, uh, axes and cutout axes, so it looked like, like, like axes of the time. And we would use a variety of katanas, you know, sword swords. And we learned a lot of kendo. Oh, but first we had to learn the basics of karate. And you learn the foundation, and then you just go into kendo, which is usually not done for a while. But for the sake of Hollywood movies, we moved faster than normal. And I think kids should, it's the best, it's the greatest discipline I had my children do it. And uh, learning karate is wonderful for your sense of discipline in regard to everything else in your life. It, it's just miraculous what it does for you. It gives you a sense of who you are. It gives you a sense of integrity. It gives you a sense of accomplishment because it's not easy to, to learn you know the the, the the katas, the various different katas that you you have to entertain in you know in class in the dojo. It's not easy, but you feel great once you accomplish it because it's mental and it's physical. That's the value of it. Whether you're a John Kreese fan or a Miyagi go fan, it's really karate is is magnificent to to master
0: just magnificent. Not a a worse or better way to to end this section right here, as I agree 100%. And I I see it uh, uh, a little bit on Main Street, so to speak, USA uh, taking a a little bit more interest, or people taking a little bit more interest, uh, with Cobra Kai being on the air and being so successful and so popular. So that's another great uh, advantage uh, to watch and enjoy this show, is to get maybe uh, involved in, in some karate, because it really is worthwhile. We've seen that personally as well. We'll be back, right right after this and everything old is new again with martin cove cobra kai and more right after this
2: tonight it's very clear As we're the line here here on the street in competition a man confronts you he's the enemy an enemy deserves no mercy what is the problem mr lawrence uh, no more fighting this is a karate dojo not a knitting class you don't come in my dojo and drop a challenge and leave old man all right no one touches the prima until the tournament is that understood yes sensei but you don't show and it's open season Hunt him
3: and you this is going to be so much fun i hear the sensei's a really good guy
2: love exists in this dojo doesn't it yes master kindness exists in this dojo doesn't it yes master. everyone is a special winner in this dojo aren't they yes master what do we study here
0: hug first hug hard show mercy
2: hey you're the best around nothing's gonna ever keep you down
0: <laughs> We're back here on everything old is new again with Martin Cove uh, and Angelica Viviani's joining us, and uh, and uh, Martin of course is right there at uh, the forefront here in nineteen. I'm not saying in 2017 on the Goldbergs uh, re-establishing before Cobra Kai's appearance, uh, John Crease, uh, and and I'm just wondering uh, w- how much fun was that to do the Goldbergs show another side to trying to goof a little bit about this. And when you did that, did you know that Cobra Kai was on the horizon?
2: Uh, let me think about that. That's an interesting question. Did I know it was on the horizon? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They had already they started, and um, I hadn't done it yet. I, ha- I don't think I had done – let me think. That was the following year. Yeah, I knew. It. The first year was in the can. So so um, that was 19. 19- 2017. No, it actually they were talking about it and they, they were about to shoot something and um, they, it ha- they hadn't put anything in the can yet and it was just still basically the Karate Kid. That show was based on the, kar- on the Karate Kid, not on Cobra Kai. Right. And uh, you know, I believe that the uh, the producer was just one big fan and he, i went to his office and he had every bit of memorabilia imaginable from every show in the 80s every show imaginable in the 80s you know shows that were canceled and shows that were not and uh, he was uh, from television to movies and he was truly uh, an 80s buff so he knew everything and i had a lot of fun doing that show uh, unfortunately i had a lot more scenes and they were cut because that show was so popular that at the end when I had a lot more to do there, they put on four or five different promos for new shows. Right. Really? So the Goldbergs was so popular that everybody watched it, it was the ideal place to put a promo for a show that no one knew about. So <laughs> that, like the, the final 10 minutes when I had all this work I had perfected, it was gone.
0: It's, a, it's so tough, man it was just a great uh, a great appearance though even because I mean, we didn't see what you were missing or what we're missing so we sort of don't miss it if that makes sense and i'd love to see it and you know youtube and all that sooner or later that'll leak out as a blooper or something and we'll be able to see those uh, but what a shame because what, what did you do you have more more of a story there up uh, than the last scene i guess is what you're saying oh, yeah yeah
2: there was, there was a lot more stuff in the dojo and playing and singing and doing all kinds of stuff because he was you know he was a silly character right. you know i think it was sensei john sensei john was just such a lovely man right. you know and she it was just you know there was not a color of the original john priest in there and i, I think i'm in mean, a red d i think you know and it was it was a lot of fun yeah. it, it, and the cast was a great cast you know, they're, they're still running, I think. You yeah, know? yeah, we we just,
0: it, it was timely, too. It was so great to see you. And then, don't remember the time frame from this side of it, but at some point thereafter, we heard about, uh you know, the beginnings of Cobra Kai, I think. And it just all came together. It was, it was fortuitous, and, and sometimes the things are in the stars. They're ready to roll, Uh, and you don't realize why you're doing things. And it turns out there's a meaning afterwards, you know. Angelica, one more question. Let's see what you have to say.
3: Hi. Okay. So why do you like acting? What brings you the most joy in acting?
2: Why do I like acting? And what was the second part?
3: Um. What brings you the most joy in acting?
2: I enjoy acting. I've always enjoyed acting since the fourth grade, I believe, because it was always, I was a fantasist and I loved you know playing with soldiers and watching films and I liked fantasy a lot and i was brought up in in brooklyn and i had i was the only child and i had a very rich fantasy life and uh, i just i i just loved watching films and you know even as a 5 year old and then eventually it became interesting to do plays and in new york we did a lot of plays and then went out to california and you got a chance to do some of the bigger events theatrically bigger movies and action movies and things like that but for me, I think why I love it so much is to do a good play is probably the most, if I had the time and the energy right now, I'd really you know, do something very rich, The Lion in Winter, which was a fantastic movie with Peter O'Toole and a wonderful play. I mean, I do some of these pieces now that I'm older, so I could do, um, but I would love to do a play because it takes you such a great sense of accomplishment. And doing a play is a lot harder than doing a movie. And you have to really stay in your character. There aren't any additional takes. You have to stay in your character from beginning to end for hours at a time. And you have to, you know, you have to play moment by moment and there's no retakes. So, it's very exciting to contemplate that and that's what excites me the most about acting is it takes you far away from your life into the life of some fantasy character. And I enjoy it very much. And, you know, and I enjoy making people laugh. I don't get a chance to do much comedy. So I enjoy, when I get a chance to do comedy, I really enjoy making people laugh. You wouldn't know that by John Creese, But, <laughs> you know, you never pick and you never have the opportunity or the luxury to pick and choose what's going to be all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're going to be noted for John Kreese. and Like Joe DiMaggio, noted for Mr. Coffee, that he was one of the greatest. Ball players of the New York Yankees, you know, you know, and people didn't put two and two together. But if you're, you know, if you're lucky enough to do what you love, and you make money at it, and you can make a lot of people happy by doing it, then it's the best feeling in the world, and that's. That's why I love
0: acting. See, and that's some great advice, and I don't know if you, you realize cause you, uh, well, let's put it this so way, you do realize because your son is an actor, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in the next section your influence upon his choosing that path, but what I'm you know, with a father, an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, I'm seeing a different perspective of the world. When I grew up in the 60s and 70s, kids had the choice of sports, and kind of, that's about it. There were some plays, but not a lot. Now kids have karate, kids have um, theater camps, and an ability to be in theater not just in school but in, in the various theaters all over and and, and schools all over town is they're all over the place so I think that it's a great opportunity like Angelica has been in a number of plays and I think it, it maybe you can join me on this I don't know that even if you're not going to be a superstar uh, or even uh, known for it even if uh, just doing and performing in plays at this this age and through high school um, has to have and maybe you could tell us some advantage in life even even if you're not going to be uh, doing that as a career, public speaking, it gives you confidence maybe. You tell me what, what advice, if you will, uh, would you pass along or did you pass along to your son or to Angelica with respect to the just, just acting for acting's sake?
2: Well, it gives, it gives you a sense of well-rounding
0: your personality. If you're not
2: going to do it professionally, it's, it could be even more satisfying because you might take more chances. You know, you might you play a character and you don't think it's, you should, you know, sing in this role. And you go and you say to the director, can I sing this line? Can I sing it like like Mickey Mouse? Can I sing it in a really high pitched voice? And it gives you a sense of being adventurous. Acting allows you to be adventurous. And whether you're going to be an actor, you're not going to be an actor. The bottom line is it allows you to expand and feel confident. And you can choose things to do certain things because no one's going to tell you what's right or wrong because it's all based on fantasy. It's all based on a a play. That's not real. It's all based on, you know, you did a little, little six minute movie. It's all based on, on fantasy primarily. So you can do what you like. And I think the inside your soul, inside your little heart to be able to expand yourself. And not worry about what parents think, not worry about what your friends think, just to expand because you see this character singing in a high-pitched voice and you make that decision and you go for it. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks it's a brilliant decision. That makes you feel so good, even if you're going to become an accountant, because it allows you the confidence that you made a decision, you went for it, and it works. Well, great so it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to be an actor, but it means that your 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 decision making process, your in your heart, your your courage, is what will will help you succeed in later
0: life. Right, and taking that chance is, is and can be rewarding unto itself as well. And gel. does that make sense? Yes. All right, there we go. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after this. Everything old is new again for another su- surprise guest here on uh, on our show, talking about uh, uh, Cobra Kai acting and more uh, with Sensei Kreese himself, Martin Cove. We'll be back right after this. everything old is new again. <laughs> You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show, with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. What are you looking at, loser?
1: Sorry. He's the one whose mom killed herself. Explains why he's such a freak.
2: Stop that!
1: (laughs) Can it, Betsy? A freak is a freak. If you love him so much, start a circus. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Chris, tables are not going to bust themselves, get back to work Life isn't always fair
0: Sometimes the world can be cruel And that's why you have to learn to be cruel yourself We're back here on Everything Old is New Again. That's a little bit of a flashback from Cobra Kai. We're flashing back here a little bit, too, looking at uh, Kreese, his kind of motivations there. We have Martin Cove himself on the show, and we also have that... Rascal, let's say. That was that bully that we just heard. Uh, that was a flashback. If you've seen Cobra Kai, if you haven't, you've got to get involved with this show. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. Uh, three seasons are already in the can. There's a fourth season that's been ordered. Uh, lessons and fun for Old and Young, it's a perfect, perfect Everything Old is New Again show, uh, bringing back the Karate Kid and more. There's so much more to this show. And we now have that actor himself that performed uh, in the flashback as the bully to Kreese to help kind of, uh, what would you say, develop the personality that we know as Sensei Kreese. Uh, Jesse Cove, Jesse, thank you very much for joining us on Everything Old is New Again.
1: Oh, Thanks for having me. It's so so awesome to be here.
0: And and I've seen interviews with you uh, elsewhere, and you're very amicable and totally and completely different, I think, than, and I hope, than the character you played on Cobra Kai. So let's dive right into it. I mean, that was a bully. That was uh, a a gentleman that, uh, you know, sort of uh, was... A uh, turning point for your dad's character before your dad was, uh, you know, Crease. You know, if that makes sense, time traveling here. Um, how was it to be able to kind of stretch from your real personality to that personality? And then sort of with the uh, with dad, I know, was looking uh, at the diner once in a while, lo- looking over the, the camera's shoulder, watching you act. This had to be some heck of an experience.
1: That was incredible. I mean, I think playing villains or bad guys or bullies it's, uh, runs in the family. So <laughs> it uh, it wasn't terribly challenging, but, you know, it definitely was a uh, an incredible experience. I mean, you know, when the opportunity first came up, I was thrilled. You know, of course, my dad, you know, he really wanted me to book the part. And, you know, the, the producers wanted me to audition for this role, and we were very excited. And I went in, and funny enough, when I was in the audition room, I asked the casting director, I said how bad do you want this guy to be? Like, you really want him to be just a horrible, you know, bully. And she goes, I want you to really give it, like, make him the worst. <laughs> so I uh, just made him who who you saw. And uh, that's who, that's, you know, that's what one part. And so, you know, when we were working that day, it was just so great to see my dad there. He walked in, he walked in on set earlier that morning. And uh, it was just like this surreal experience, you know, it kind of it just kind of, it wasn't real, in that, but it was real at the same time. You know, here I am, you know, being involved in the Karate Kid universe, which I never thought would happen. And it was like this great part of like, I, for me, it was like a personal legacy fulfillment, which I was so happy about.
0: Yeah, it's an, an odd way to look at it in a very awkward, odd way. You are now can say that you're responsible for your dad's experience, your dad's success in Cobra Kai, anyway, or in in the Karate Kid, in that you helped to create uh, Sensei Crease's character. Uh, I know that sounds bizarre, but, you know, that goes round and round. The point <laughs> uh, the point is that, that it, it really was, I, I never, you know, it was released a little ways back that you were uh, related. and never knew that, but that flashback was so important to. Uh, to the development of that character. Uh, so even though, you know, it was a, a small time on stage, so to speak, on screen, it, it, it lasts uh, through the series from this point on, and, uh, and and that had to be something that was fun. Now, here's the thing. That wasn't the first thing that you've done. Certainly you've were you you've been in some Lifetime movies, uh, Christmas on the menu just this past year, and, uh, and others, and I'm sure you have others upcoming. The question is... Um, Uh, You know, with respect to acting, uh, how did Dad take to the fact that you uh, apparently wanted to become an actor? Uh, I know later on you did VFW and another short called uh, Show No Mercy with Dad. So it sounds like he had some support uh, and does support your your career. Um, But what was it like when you were younger? Did he sort of uh, support it? How did it develop in your mind that you wanted to also uh, join this profession?
1: Well, I appreciate what you said. Um, you know, it, it's funny from a you know growing up on movie sets. You know, from a young age, my parents never really pushed me to be in the industry. Um, you know, which I respected because it you know it's such a it's such a um, it can be a very unforgiving industry um, and also very fruitful one at the same time. But you know, when I was you know I was always in 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 my younger years. I was in like the you know, the, the, the class, um, the acting, um, classes and the, you know, the theater classes in high school and doing plays. And I went to like film school. And so, you know, when I was about 18, I really wanted to pursue this professionally, you know, and I, I got an agent and, you know, just started going out and that's where it all started. And, you know, of course my dad was very supportive and, you know, we had loved to help each other out and and, and bring each other if we can into certain projects that we are having fun with. And, you know, there was a movie, one of my favorites that this happened, this example that I used was a, a movie I call, I did called D-Day, uh, Battle of Omaha Beach, which was all about, you know, the boys going in, the Army first Army Rangers going in on D-Day. And I was there on set one day, and my dad was visiting me, and I said to the writer, I was like, man, can't we just, like, put my dad in here somewhere? Like, let's just put him on the beach, let him get shot. He'll have a great time. He'll love it. and And they said... And they said, would he do that? And I said, yeah, of course. And so they wrote this beautiful scene with he and I, and uh, he came on for the day. and He played this, like, French rebel, and uh, he loved it. I think it was actually, like, I think it was my dad's first World War II movie of, like, the 300 movies that he's done. Right. I was able to bring him on to, like, his first World War II film. And it was a scene with me, which was so fantastic. You know, he has, like, he he's a French rebel. He's, like, shot, and he... He has a cigar, and I I help him light his cigar. And we have this conversation about finding the Nazis. It was like, it was great. It's just like being able to do fun things like that with each other, which is just a, you know, it's a beautiful thing we we get to do for each other.
0: And that's what's great about uh, acting, and great about, in, in some ways, about what everything old is new again. You know, on our view, is that there's so many things in the world that can, you know. Uh, just say foster relationships between people if you have an open mind uh to to looking at the past and looking people from the past and things from the past and seeing that it is the foundation for where we are today and certainly our parents fall into that uh into that mode if you will and i think it's wonderful but i have a question you know you had dad who unfortunately in the world sometimes people we've talked about look at a character and think that the actor is that character so when dad showed up to you know your play in high school or what have you um or to the you know the ice cream parlor afterwards uh, did it did sort of his persona carry did were people sort of afraid to approach you or are people a little more sharp than that uh, these days
1: you know, it's funny. People would always ask me, like, growing up, like, "Oh, is your dad as mean as he is on uh, in the movies?" Right. And I'm like, you know, no. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. He's playing a character. I mean, yeah, maybe like when he stubs his toe or something. Like, yeah, <laughs> like John Creese comes out of. Right. <laughs> or you know, if he's upset at something or whatever. But like for the most part, like you know, my dad's a, a great guy. He's a he's an animal lover and a nature lover, and you know, it's. Um, it's funny that to hear that from people. But, you know, it. I think that leaves like a mark with people because he played, he played such a good bad guy that, you know, people just don't forget it. And they, they almost think that that's really who he is. It's, it's so good that he's got to be that way in real life, you
0: that, know. I'll tell you what I do know. And guess what? That is an interesting perspective on Cobra Kai, Martin Cove, Jesse Cove. We're going to take a break here for the week. We'll come back. Next week on Everything Old Is New Again, going to continue talking uh, with Jesse and Martin Cove about Cobra Kai and more, and we're just going to have a a blast here again as we're doing on Everything Old Is New Again. If you're looking to find other you know episodes of Everything Old Is New Again that you may have missed, feel free to go to our website at Everything Old Is New That's Everything Old Is New Again. Dot biz and you'll definitely see all of our old shows there. Just click on one of, like, uh, 400, and you'll get a kick. We're going to have a uh, great time. Coming back on uh, Everything Olds New Again, talking to Martin Cove, Jesse Cove next week. Tune in, same bad time, same bad station. We'll be back. America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show.
3: Doug, it seems like we've done
0: so many shows. What is the actual count? We're at 214 and counting, increasing every week. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. All right, so let's say that I'm a listener, I'm a fan of the show,
1: and I've missed the last 213
0: shows, <laughs> right? Where can I go to, to hear this stuff? Uh, it's a great question. We have a channel. On YouTube. So just go to Everything Old is New Again Radio. Look that up on YouTube. Just throw it into the search engine. You will see us come up, and you will see all of those shows listed on YouTube. You can listen anytime.
2: Now, what if I wanted to find you
3: somewhere
0: else, like on Facebook? Yeah, we're We're on on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Facebook also. Just go, Everything Old is New Again in the search. You will find us. And we post shows all the time. In fact, every Friday at 5, Eastern Standard Time, we post an old show so you can listen to it on the way home from work. Wow, that's cool. That's new, right? It sure is. Uh, I would suggest you do that. Everything old is new again. Enjoy. And you can find us on the web at everythingoldisnewagain.biz. These days, the news is full of teen suicide, drug and alcohol abuse. Bullying is depressing and concerning, but there is hope. WWE Intercontinental Champion, Mark Marrow. Champion of Choices is a live presentation that empowers students to make positive choices and live their best life. I teach students how to live a drug-free life, prevent bullying, avoid peer pressure, and keep negative people out of their lives. We are defined by our choices. There is hope. To schedule a Champion of Choices presentation for your school or organization, visit ThinkPause.org. That's ThinkPause.org. You've been listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's pop culture entertainment talk show. Find us on the web at everythingoldisnewagain.biz. That's .biz.
1: See you next week. Same bat time, same bat station.